Welcome to Venture in the South, a podcast about startup investing in the southeastern United States. Our hosts are experienced angel investors with over 90 startup investments. We'll share some Southern wisdom while exposing you to the vibrant startups here in the South. Welcome to Venture in the South, a podcast about angel investing in the southeastern United States. Uh, on today's episode, uh, this is Paul, one of the hosts, and I am talking today with my friend and colleague, Matt Bailey. Matt is a longtime angel investor. He actually runs one of the Venture South groups in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina for us. So we've worked together for a while. And Matt has a superpower amongst other amongst other superpowers, I guess. One of his superpowers is working very closely with early stage companies uh, as a board representative. So particularly excited to talk to Matt today about his experience doing that and why that is a good thing to do. But Matt, before we get too far, um, I wondered if I could just get you to introduce yourself and say hello. Yeah, for sure. So greetings and thanks for having me here today. I'm excited to talk and hope there's a little bit of insight to be found. Um, but uh, I got into angel investing five or six years ago through a group that was here. Um, I have a wide and varied background, some in business management, some in entrepreneurism, um, some in consulting. Um, and uh, it was a good chance for me to affect the local economy and also have uh, have an impact on individual companies. So there was a number there were a number of things that were attractive about it for me. Great. So how did you get how did you get involved in angel investing in the first place? Yeah, I was, I'm sort of regard myself as an accidental angel investor, um, meaning that uh, I was originally invited by a local group in Greensboro called the Piedmont Angel Network to attend one of their meetings and uh, was taken by the entrepreneur that pitched uh, and, and volunteered to serve on the due diligence team, wound up leading the due diligence team and uh, the group here made an investment. And that's actually how I got to know Venture South because Venture South wound up being part of the investment that we syndicated. Um, and so that was when I first met you and uh, your colleagues, Charlie and Matt, I guess going on six years ago now. Yep. Uh, so an accidental angel. I feel like you could have stopped yourself along the way from taking the full plunge into angel investing. So what was it that, that continued to pique your interest as you, as you dipped your toe in the water? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, it wasn't an accident that I made my first investment, right? That was obviously intentional. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think I think what piqued my interest was a couple of things. And the notion of entrepreneurism is such an economic force uh, that supporting that was really attractive. And so, you know, the obvious way to support was just to make an investment. But I think as I spent more and more time with angel investors and also with individual companies, I realized that there was really a way to kind of catalyze that investment. Uh, if you could bring some maybe personal skills, but also just time and other and other resources other than just money to to the companies. And so, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm very taken by the notion of entrepreneurs and impressed by the risk the risks that they take and their willingness to you know go all out and go all in. Um, find that. Inspiring and motivating, and also I think it's there's a fundamental kind of creativity and innovation around it. Um, but secondly, I think it drives jobs. And third, a lot of the companies that we invest in, uh, I think it is a, it is either building new new business models or new technologies. And you know, intellectually, that's really captivating and, and exciting. I think angel 
and gives you the opportunity to sort of look over the horizon on uh, on economic development and what's coming next, um, what's coming over the horizon at us. And to think about you can support that and participate in that is um, exciting as an investor, but also I think just exciting as a as a citizen of the region. Great. Yeah, those are definitely some very compelling reasons to be involved. I, I would second all of that. You mentioned the ability to impact and help the companies along the way, and you do that. You particularly seem to do that through being on the boards of these companies. So can you tell us about why you're willing to do that and, uh, and how you got started doing that? Yeah, for sure. So the f- first company that uh, that I invested in, um, that Venture South also invested in, it was a really, really young entrepreneur. He formed a business right uh, actually while he was still a student and then after grad a student an undergraduate student and then after graduating continued to continue to develop it i for whatever reason had a pretty good friendship with him and relationship with him early on and once in a while you just meet people you get along with and this was somebody that i got along with um and i thought that there was an opportunity to pro- to just serve as a sounding board for him and some of this may just be because of my experience my professional services experience working as a consultant, I'd probably honed some of the some of the skills in terms of just developing relationships with people and also helping helping be a sounding board for them. Um, but really, you know, he came to me with questions that some of which I could answer. He just had the experience to answer. I thought, okay, I can bring some business experience and help him grow the business along the way. Um, and so that was for me a unique opportunity to provide some oversight also to provide some oversight on the investment, uh, but really, you know, nurture the the business and the entrepreneur in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do at arm's length just as an investor. Uh, I, I was lucky that at that point I had the time that I could commit to it. Uh, and I thought it'd be, I mean, frankly, developmental for me too, in terms of, you know, taking taking an oversight role in a for-profit company. I had done that in nonprofit, in nonprofit organizations, but in for-profit organizations that you have the fiduciary responsibility as well. And that was, I, I guess, encouraged or in, in, engaging to me and exciting to me too. Most angel investors don't go quite that far. Uh, and I think mostly it's a function of time, right? There's a fair amount of time commitment and not just formal time saying, no, let's do an hour on Friday, but calls at the weekend and calls when there's an urgent question that needs a solution or a a panic or, or whatever it might be at different times of the day. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I mean, the, you know, the time commitment, I think for any board seat varies over time, uh, meaning that it, it tends to come in peaks and valleys. I think, you know, immediately after a transaction, there's probably a peak when a board like any other group or team of people goes through a, you know, forming, storming, norming, and performing kind of process. Uh, where you have to build relationships with the executives. You have to sometimes really figure out if you think you knew everything you knew about the business when you made the investment. Um, yeah. But you have, but you also have to get to know the other board members, right? You might have other. I mean, you could have other investors. You could have friends and family. You could have all sorts of people with different sorts of relationships and ties to the entrepreneur and the business. Um, I think so. I think the you know upfront, I think the time load or the time obligation can be sort of heavy. Uh, and then if if the business is on a run rate that's pretty predictable, then you get into often a cadence and you'll have some email and phone call interactions in between. But you tend to, the, the unexpected peaks tend to happen either around something really good or something really bad happening that was unexpected. Uh, or if you get into another fundraising round or transaction. 
Uh, and I, look, I think a lot of board members have, even even though they make the commitment, I think they can they can turn their involvement up or down uh, to the degree that they want to. If they want to be heavily involved in a transaction, the company needs that. That's a bigger time load. If they really want to take on the role of being a mentor to the CEO or one of the one member of the executive team, that's sort of volunteer that they gotta they gotta make the effort to do that and commit the time. Um, so could that be as much as a day a week? I think it could be. I think that would be out of the norm, though, at least based on my experience. This particular board service had a happy ending, uh, successful result for everybody involved. Um, and I guess that's one of the reasons why we are still friends and colleagues, because that first one <laughs> turned into a good result. Um, yeah. You have, though, served on boards where the result is not yet clear or looks to be uh, less positive than that one. So how do you how do you compare and contrast the the, the challenging parts or the, the less successful uh, board service and how you handle those? Yeah, I think, I think there, there should be a common set of behaviors between the sort of positive outcome and negative outcome experience. Um, and yet they're also fundamentally different, right? Like doing, doing well is a lot more fun than not doing well, just at, right at the, at, at, at its base. Um, but I think that, having real clear and open communication with the CEO and the other board members is really important. Uh, and I think you have to find the people that you trust and make sure and, and develop a trusting relationship with them over time. I think with all startups, either, you know, wildly successful ones or ones that fail, you have periods of good and you have periods of bad, um, both of which can create stress and uh, stress on the organization, stress on the individual, and stress on relationships. And so the degree to which you know everybody on the board, you feel like you have a personal connection or contact with them and you understand where they're operating from, even if they don't, you don't necessarily always agree with them, um, you can usually come to a rational outcome and conclusion. Uh, I think that Another maybe a commonality between the two situations is that you always have to try to do what's best for the company and best for and as a board member, best for the investors. And so even a not favorable outcome, you can always find ways to improve it. Uh, and whether that's improving the price, creating additional options that didn't start in terms of whatever your exit path is uh, or the wind down, creating some sort of residual value, like always keeping the investor the investors' interests first. Um, I think if you if you do that and collaborate with the other board members, and we're going through, I'm going through a process like this right now, where I've got a couple of board members that are just really deeply thoughtful and committed to coming to the best outcome possible, understanding it's not going to be the outcome we all wanted. Mm -hmm. And and so, what does that mean? Well, that's meant for the last two or three weeks, I've spent a lot of time individually with that person on phone and email walking through what we think our options are uh, and then advocating those to the CEO and the other board members. Um, we'll see where that comes out, but it, uh, it is going to come out at a better place than it would have had we not dug in and spent the time on it. And frankly, that's because he and I had enough respect for each other that we picked up the phone and called. Yeah, great. So one of my questions for you is going to be what what were the, what are some of the things that board members angel investors can do to contribute as a board member to the company? You've covered some of those already. So mentoring the CEO, answering their questions, helping improve the outcome on the on the other end of the investment too. What else sets apart in your view a, a good board member from a bad one in terms of what they contribute to the company? 
Yeah, I think I think one pretty good rule of thumb in a board meeting is make sure that anything is anything that's in the back of your mind comes to the front of your mind and then comes out your mouth and on the like into the room. Um, I think it's very easy for board members to think about something that maybe they're curious about or they're worried about and yet not mention it or decide to have a, a phone call or a meeting or an email in the hallway, either the literal or virtual hallway afterward. But that doesn't actually help the company as much as if you just addressed it with everybody up front mm-hmm. um, and and brought it up. And, and, and that has... That has two benefits. One is you get your question or concern addressed or idea discussed. But secondly, it's also building trust because you're being open with everybody. Um, so I think I think not letting things linger is really, really important. Uh, I think also being available um, is really important. And whether that's to other board members or to the entrepreneur or the senior team, whoever in the business needs it. And that can be everything from just a personal phone call to I have a question that I really need some help on. Um, I think it's also just as important to understand sort of where the line is, like between what you can and can't do and also what you do and don't know. Um, and we talk a lot at Venture South about the difference between, you know, nose in, but finger out, right? Fingers out, right? So you can ask any question, you can get under the hood on any issue that's non-proprietary, but you shouldn't really take on an operating role. Um, so I, th- I and I do think that's something that I've, I've really learned both from experience, but also in kind of talking with other Venture South board members. Um, but I also think being clear about what you do and don't know. If you don't know the answer, you're not obligated to come up with the answer. You say, I don't, I don't know. I'm not the best resource for that, but I know five people who might, and I'll connect you with them. Um, so I think, I think those are pretty good. I think those are all good behaviors for board members. Um, and I think also another thing I always try to keep in mind is a lot of times entrepreneurs are, are operating very much sort of in their own world and they're moving at a, at, at startup pace. And I try to think in terms of what other resources can I bring to help. Uh, and so, for example, I'm on the board of a of a medical AI company, and the company was looking for some contacts in uh, in health systems. I happen to have a really close friend who's a senior executive at a health system in Pennsylvania, so I kind of navigated through to the information and data people that my company needed to, that the company needed to contact. And we put together a phone call last week. That's a resource that was very, frankly, pretty easy for me to access, but would be really hard for the entrepreneur to access. Um, Mm -hmm. And that for me was a couple of phone calls. So I think, I think board members can bring a whole lot more than, um, than just their financial resources. It's their, it's their connections. It's their network. It's if they have, expertise they can bring all of that and positively affect the company great thanks matt we'll take a couple of minute break and when we come back i'll ask you a couple more questions about boards and then maybe talk more widely about your angel investing experience venture in the south is brought to you by the rolling south fund a rolling fund focused on southern startups the fund allows for quarterly investments with a minimum of just five thousand dollars for more information visit rollingsouth.vc Welcome back to Venture in the South. Um, Matt, while we carry on uh, borrowing your expertise about uh, about angel investing board uh, board service, um, 
Do you have resources or programs you went through before you became a board member or did you just dive straight in and learn from experience? So I had a fair amount of experience in nonprofit boards, um, primarily through the YMCA. And YMCAs in different communities are pretty big organizations. Um, like the one here in Greensboro now is a $20 million operation. It's got 600 employees. It's got nine different facilities. It's a big, complicated organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on its board. And this is the fourth YMCA board that I've been on in different places that I lived. And you can learn a lot at pretty low risk on nonprofit boards. And that, and that sounds funny, but the, but the mechanics are all pretty similar. You have fiduciary responsibility. You really need to understand the business and believe in it. You need to support it in any way you can. You have to write a check and, 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 and you have, and, and you have typically in nonprofits, you have a big broad board that is somewhat representative of either constituent base or the community. And, you know, that's pretty good training ground for for-profit boards um, and particularly a place like the Y that uh, has good internal governance structures because it's a national organization and they can draw on a central repository of expertise that they really drive down into their, into their local organizations. So my first training ground was probably there. Um, and then when I dove into the first board, uh, first for-profit board, uh, where I was an angel investor, that was a lot of trial by fire. It was just sort of a natural fit, um, seemed to make sense at the time. But since then I have tried to take advantage of the angel capital association stuff. Um, I have looked at some other certifications and trainings that I haven't dived into yet, but I may. Um, and I try to read a lot and sometimes that's, leadership. Sometimes that's uh, the Wall Street Journal. Sometimes that's, you know, specific books on boards or board governance. Um, I think you can pick up a lot of stuff just in the kind of generally what's what's publicly available. Great. Um, I, like you, find board service uh, a challenge, rewarding, but uh, a challenging reward. You have to put in the effort to get the the dividends for it, Um, but I do heartily recommend it and I hope I hope others that might listen to this are inspired to to take the plunge. And even if they don't know what they're doing yet as a board member, are willing to go learn and go try it because I think they will find it as fulfilling as we do. Yep, totally agree. Let's move away from from your board service to angel investing more generally. Uh, what do you look for in a uh, an investment before you uh, take the plunge? I think for me, it's probably two or three things. Uh, it needs to be a business that I think is novel or innovative in its space, first of all. Uh, secondly, I have to feel like the entrepreneur or the entrepreneurial team, if it's a, if it's a group, has a real clear awareness of where they want to go, but also a real clear awareness of what they don't know. Uh, I like, I like teams or entrepreneurs that can identify what they're good at and yet also where they need to fill in. Uh, I think third for me is a clear path to what the next funding round is. And this is one that I didn't really understand when I first got into angel investing is that um, there needed to be, I mean, there needed to be a grand plan and mission uh, in terms of, 
you know, if it was a if it was wildly successful, what did this look like? But there also needs to be the practical fact of we need to get to the rest, the next funding round. And entrepreneurs that don't understand that before they get into it are going to come in for a shock, I think. Um, and so that's something that 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 sort of awareness and sophistication is something I didn't used to understand, but now I yeah now I look for. Um, I think finally, I think somebody that builds a good team over time and any angel in business and any angel investment uh, that we're going to make is going to, by definition, I th- should be high growth and high growth means attracting good people. Typically, I mean, you can have a software business that scales, but you're still going to need to sell the software. You're still going to need to develop the software. You're going to man- manage that whole process. There's going to be an administrative process to charge for it, all that stuff. You need to find somebody who can bring good people in and motivate them and get out of the way. And that's finding somebody who can do both that as well as kind of set the vision and innovate. That's a, that's a rare animal. Well, very good. Thanks, Matt. We- Appreciate your insights on the on the board service and your angel experience and everything you've done to contribute to the angel investing community in the Southeast. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This podcast is supported by Venture Carolina, an educational nonprofit focused on angel investors and entrepreneurs. Our team is built from successful entrepreneurs, investors, venture capitalists, board members, and executives that want to give back. Thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. Visit us at VentureInTheSouth.com for a complete list of previous and future shows and contact us if you have any comments or a request.